0: Master Xavier Rees and Iran's rise to power. Russia and Iran have begun to form a military alliance for the first time in human history. Now, it's too soon to say for sure that it is the beginning of what the Bible scholars call the War of Gog and Magog. More pieces would need to fall in place to know for certain. We could be living through the fulfillment of the major Bible prophecy in our lifetime.
1: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What does Islam have to do with the secular nation of Israel? This and more is the focus of today's detailed look at the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Take a moment and open up your Bible to Chapter 39, as Pastor Xavier shares today's Simple Truths lesson, Russia Will Invade Israel, Part 3.
0: Ezekiel Chapter 39. We're going to look at verse 1 through 29. The message is entitled, Russia Will Invade Israel. This is part three. Ezekiel's Russian invasion of Israel seems to be an Islamic confederation that will be destroyed by God. 38 and 39 are very clear on this. Now, the message is in their description of events, as we've seen. The general revelation is given. then specific details are given of the same event, but it's still the same account. Uh, We have it again, we've made illustrations of Genesis and Revelation and different things. Then we have the concluding statements that appear once in a while that can only take place at the end of the latter years, at the very end of the seven years, and then keeping that in mind, we will see no contradictions because we have to use this prophetic timeline to insert these things. They cannot contradict one another, so we have to place them accordingly. And that will help us. Remember, this is seven messages, beginning in chapter 38 and 39. We have looked at four. We have three messages left, which are marked out by the saying, Thus saith the Lord God, verse 1, verse 17, and verse 25. Those are the last three messages in this chapter. Now, we want to look at the decimation of the Russian army in Israel. Let me read for us. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around and lead you, bring you up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock the bow out of your hand, left hand and cause... The arrows to fall out of your right hand. You shall fall under the mountains of Israel, and you and all your troops and the people who are with you. I will give you to the birds of the prey, every sort of the beast of the field to be devoured. You shall fall on the open field, for I have spoken, saith the Lord God. And I will send fire on Magog and those who live in security in the coastland. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people. Israel, And I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nation shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, saith the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who will dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire the... And burn the weapons, both the shields, the bucklers, the bows, the arrows, the javelin, the spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the fields nor cut down any from the forest, because they will make fires with the weapons. And they will plunder those who plunder them and pillage those who pillage them, says the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by the east of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers because they will be buried Gog and all the multitudes therefore they will call it the valley of Haman Gog. for seven months the house of Israel will be burying them in order to clean the land indeed all the people of the land will be burying and they will gain uh, renown for it on the day that I am glorified says the Lord God they will set apart men regularly employed with the help of search parties to pass through the land and Bury those bodies remaining in the ground in order to cleanse it. And the end of the seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land. And when anyone sees a man's bone, he shall set a marker by it. Till the barriers have come and buried it in the valley of Hangongog. The name of the city will be also be Hamona. Thus, they shall cleanse the land. And as for you, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak to every sort of bird and every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come, gather "'Together from all sides to my sacrifice meal, "'which I am sacrificing for you, "'a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, "'that you may eat flesh and drink blood. "'You shall eat the flesh of the mighty, "'drink the blood of the princes of the earth, "'of lamb, of goats and bulls, "'all of them fattening of Bashan. Uh, "'You shall eat fat till you are full "'and drink blood till uh, till you are drunk.' at my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you. You shall be filled at my table with horses, riders, with mighty men, and with all the men of war says the Lord God. I will set my glory among the nations. All of the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand, which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of the enemies and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. After they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, when they dwelt safely in their own land, and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples of uh, and gathered them from their enemies' uh, land, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who set them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land, and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. This is the decimation of the Russian army, and its Confederate forces in Israel. It consists of the following, the recapitulation of the Lord of Hosts destroying the invading armies, one through eight. Secondly, the humiliation by the Lord of Hosts of the invading armies, nine through 16. And thirdly, the invitation to the birds and the beast's feed on the invading armies, verse 17 through 29. Let's begin here, the recapitulation of the Lord of Hosts destroying the invading army. Lord of Hosts is the title of God in the Old Testament. Means the captain of the armies of heaven. He's never lost a battle. He doesn't lose this one. Let's begin here. Look at verse one and two. You have the invasion of, the, of Russia. It's repeated for emphasis and certainty. The first eight verses, we get nothing new. It's a recapitulation. It's evident by the geographical location. The prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. This has already been stated in chapter 38, verse 1 through 3. Nothing new. Look at verse 2. The time of the event is affirmed to be under the control of God. God is in charge of the prophetic clock, and I will turn you around and lead you on, bring you up from the far north. God is going to guide Russia down, bring you against the mountains of Israel. This again has been stated in Ezekiel 38, 4 through 6. Look at verse 3 through 6. The defeat of the Russian enemies is supplemented here. God will disarm Russia. Notice in verse 3. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand. This is hand to hand combat. And it's God who's fighting. The right hand indicates the strength and authority of the Russian confederacy. And cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. Early, this was described in chapter 38, 18, and 19 as... My fury will show in my face and my jealousy in the fire of my wrath. That's how it was described in chapter 38. God will get the sure victory and desecrate the armies. In verse 4, the location is the same. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and peoples who are with you. Mountains of Israel, you can't in it. They will not be buried right away, but allowed to be food for the birth of the beast. I will give you to birds of prey and every sword to the beasts of the field to devour. And notice the prophecy is certain. Verse 5, you shall fall on the open field for I have spoken, saith the Lord God. This has also been stated in chapter 38, verse 8, 9, 20, 21, and 22. God will judge the land of God. Here's some new material. Look at verse 6. The wrath of God will be poured out in the land of Russia, and I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastland. So as they descend down, God will not only destroy the armies, but we get this little window of information that God will destroy the land from where they came. Also, the result will be to acknowledge God, notice that, but not for salvation. So you have to be careful when you hear those phrases. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. That doesn't mean for salvation. In the book of Revelation, we know that the people know that the the judgment is the wrath of God from the throne of God, but they don't repent. They call the mountains to fall upon them. Philippians says, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right now, you do it by your own free will, realizing that Jesus died for you, and he loves you, and he rose from the dead for salvation. When he returns, and during the tribulation, it's for judgment, not for salvation for these nations. They're fighting against him. They're fighting against God's people, as we'll see. Look at verse 7 and 8. The statement of the universal acknowledgement of God is stated by Israel at the end of the great tribulation. This is where you have to put your thinking cap on because we're looking at the battle the beginning and now a statement is given that really should be at the end. Listen. They will acknowledge his holy name, which is what? Jesus. Because Jesus means Jehovah's salvation. Yahweh's salvation. See, they rejected their Messiah. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. This cannot take place at the beginning of the tribulation, for the Jews are acknowledging the Antichrist till the middle of the tribulation to rule the world. They made a covenant with him. Remember Daniel 9, 27, right? This can't be at the beginning. Then it says, they will not profane the holy name of God. And I will not let them profane my holy name anymore, anymore. This again has to be from the middle of the tribulation when Israel flees in Revelation 12 to the wilderness to the end of the tribulation. It can't be at the beginning. Isaiah 16:1, they flee to Petra. The city, Sila, same thing. In Revelation 12, the woman flees to the wilderness. God protects her. So not only by Israel, but notice, by the nations at the end of the tribulation, but again not for salvation. They will confess the covenant God. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord. He's returning. This is the end of the seven, Okay. They will confess the God of Israel, the Holy One of Israel. So, by Israel, by the nations, and then notice verse 8, by the absolute certainty of the prophecy taking place. The affirmation is, surely it is coming. The confirmation, and it shall be done. The proclamation, says the Lord, that's the authority. And the prediction, this is the day of which I have spoken. So your not understanding or mine... Doesn't matter. It's going to happen. You understand? Very important. In an article, Russia may uh, send troops into the Middle East to begin the war of Gog and Magog. Monday, July 17, hundred six, by Rosenberg it says this. Quote, Bible prophecy, however, tells us that. A Russian incursion into the region is inevitable. The Hebrew prophet Ezekiel, writing some 2,500 years ago, wrote in chapter 38 and 39 of the book of Ezekiel that a dictator will emerge in Russia and that Russia and the Central Asia Republics will form an alliance with Iran, Syria, Lebanon and other Islamic countries in the Middle East to attack Israel in the last days before the return of Messiah. It was the prophecy that formed the basis for my novel, The Ezekiel Option. Washington, D.C., September 27, 206. Listen carefully. This, again, is Joe Rosenberg. Under Putin's leadership, Russia has also joined the axis of evil. Quote, It is selling billions of dollars worth of missiles and high-tech weaponry to Iran, Syria, Algeria, and other radical Islamic and Arab regimes. It is building nuclear facilities for Iran, training Iranian nuclear scientists, and running political interference for Iran at the UN to prevent the West from imposing sanctions despite the fact that Iran's leaders have called for the U.S. and Israeli to be wiped off the map. God will fight for Israel. Israel will not lift a hand. Now notice secondly, verse 9 through 16, we have the humiliation by the Lord of hosts of the invading armies 9 and 10 the people of israel will take the spoils of war the identity of the people is clear verse 9 then those who dwell in the cities of israel go out it's not pasadena it's not chicago it's israel remember the jews will be living in peace and safety we've already seen that in 38 8 11 and 14 when they make that covenant with the antichrist the people will go out from the cities and mountains of Israel where God destroys them. Look at verse 9 there. The benefit for the people is fuel. They will destroy the arsenal brought by the confederacy and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields, the bucklers, the bows, the arrows, the javelin, and the spear. The language has to represent the modern weapons to be used. He's describing it with the understanding that they had of that day. That's all he's saying. Notice those fuel spoils will be for a specific time. And they will make fires with them for seven years. Mark that seven. This verse is key for placing the battle at the beginning of the tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel of 927. To place it any time after that does not make any sense to me for the simple reason that the burning of the weapons, if you put it in the middle, it would overlap three years into the millennial kingdom. If you put them in the millennial kingdom, the question has to be asked, why would Jesus need to burn fuel? He redoes the whole earth. He returns it back to paradise. The lamb and the lion lie together. The child leads the lion, and he's playing with a poisonous serpent. It's back to paradise. Though there will still be death and sin because of those who have entered the kingdom will have to repopulate, not the church, we're glorified. But nevertheless, Jesus doesn't need anything. And the seven year fits perfectly with the last 70th week of Daniel. Seven years. There would be no other reason to put it anywhere else. Now look at 10. The explanation for clarification of a literal fulfillment is given to us here. They will not have to use their own resources. He's already said they're going to burn it. He clarifies it to make sure we understand it. They will not take wood from the fields or cut them down from the forest because they will make fires with the weapons. All the fuel will be used, a tremendous amount, seven years. They will be victorious. Look at, and they will plunder those who plunder them and pillage those who pillage them, saith the Lord God. The repetition of the spoil is for emphasis and clarification. Now look at verse 11. The land of Israel will be their cemetery. In the region of the Dead Sea, God says, God takes the credit. It will come to pass that in that day, I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel. God chooses the area of Jordan, the valley of those who pass by the east of the sea. Dead Sea, east of that is Jordan, modern-day Jordan, or what they usually call Transjordan. Interesting that the Dead Sea is the lowest point of the earth, 1,300 feet below sea level, the closest place to Hades of the center of the earth. How interesting. Interesting also that all wind patterns that have been checked by military studies In case there's biological, chemical that, which way the wind blows. From Mount Carmel and the Dead Sea, they always blow eastward. How interesting. There will be interrupted travel. It says, and it will obstruct travelers because there they will bury Gog and all its multitude, Russia and the five seeming Confederate nations. I have materials in my my office of military uh, special forces for all that biochemical and nuclear things, and they have the bags, the procedures, everything else, the signs so that nobody walks through, everything else. How interesting. And notice it's in commemoration, the end of verse 11. Therefore, they will call it the Valley of Hemingog. The phrase Haman Gog means multitude of Gog. The memorial is to remind all of the omnipotence of God, all-powerful to destroy the invasion. He is the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven. And he will not lose. He's never lost. Now notice the nation of Israel will employ professional men for the cleanup detail of the cadavers, verse 12 through 16. In 12, the task of the Jews is stipulated. The time is precise. For seven months, the house of Israel will be bearing them. The reason is pronounced, in order to clean the land. The reputation of Jews will spread, verse 13 tells us. It will be a national affair. Indeed, all the people of the land will be bearing. It will bring recognition to the Jews, and they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. Notice the procedure will be meticulous in verse 14. Specialists will be selected. They will set apart men regularly employed. These are professionals. Special teams will be deployed with the help of a search party to pass through the land, bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. Special precautions will be taken. Look at 14 at the end. At the end of seven months, they will make a search these professional men will have a waiting period which could imply some nuclear radioactive contamination one of the formulas the military uses for calculating radioactive material is the 7 to 10 rule or the rules of sevens for every period of seven whether it's 7 hours days or weeks or months radiation decreases by a factor of 10 and they use that formula. Notice the process will be twofold, verse 15 and 16. And fifteen handpicked men will mark the location. The search parties will pass through the land, and when anyone sees a man's bone, he shall set it on a mark and marker by it. This is what they do. Hardworking men will then inhume the bodies till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamagog. And then holy judgment will be represented by the city. The name of the city will also be Hamona. Thus, they shall clean the land. Hamona means multitudes, those defeated in the invasion. Rosenberg again says, as difficult as it is for some to believe, we could be living through the fulfillment of the major end times Bible prophecies and prophecies found in Ezekiel 36, 37 have already largely come true in our lifetime. These chapters involve the rebirth of the state of Israel, the regathering of the Jews to the Holy Land after centuries of exile around the world, the rebuilding of the ancient ruins of Israel, and the blooming of the desert. This process began as early as 1900, accelerated in 1948, and in 1967 have continued up to the present movement. Meanwhile, Israel has become a very prosperous country, as the prophecy requires, and Russia and Iran have begun to form a military alliance for the first time in human history. They've never had it. Now, listen what he says Exclusive interviews and in previously classified White House, CIA, and State Department documents I obtained for my nonfiction book, Epicenter, reveal just how close Moscow has come in the past to attacking or even invading Israel and the oil-rich Gulf region, notably during the Arab-Israeli War, some of you remember 1967, 1973, and 1982. In 1973, for example, Soviet statements and preparations for an attack against Israel led the Pentagon to order U.S. nuclear forces, To the highest state of peacetime readiness. The Joint Chief of Staff ordered the 82nd Airborne Division to prepare to head to the Middle East and additional U.S. naval forces, including American aircraft carriers, move into the Mediterranean, all out of a real and rising concern that the Soviets were about to make an unprecedented military move against Israel. Eventually, as I detail in my book, such American countermeasures worked and the soviets backed off but they never gave up their dream of controlling the epicenter in 1982 israeli forces battled plo terrorists as you know in southern lebanon unexpectedly they uncovered a secret but massive cache of soviet weaponry in deep underground cellars and tunnels if you remember The storehouse contains some 4,000 tons of ammunition, 144 armored vehicles and tanks, 12,500 pieces of small arms, and 515 heavy weapons. Then Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin said that the Russians had pre-positioned enough weapons to, quote, equip not five brigades, but five or six Soviet divisions, adding that we shall need literally thousands of trucks to evacuate these weapons from Lebanon. If you remember that news, the humiliation by the Lord of hosts of the invading armies will be a total devastation. He will deal with them. They will come thinking they're going to get all kinds of wealth and victory and they will be totally destroyed.
1: Pastor Xavier Reese and the fate of those who choose to fight against the Lord. There's still more to come. and That's next time. Now, if you can't join in, you can always pick up a copy of this message on CD for only $4. The title to ask for is, Russia Will Invade Israel, Part 3. And once again, the single message is titled, Russia Will Invade Israel, Part 3. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. When history is complete, how significant a player is our old nemesis, Russia? Find out more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com